you have to be the master gatekeeper of your life. You have to know what's important. Otherwise, these little gremlins will sabotage your best energy, your best intention, your best everything, and then all that's left are the crumbs for you and what really matters. So you have to be ruthless. Same way you guys are great at getting people to throw out things that aren't really the best. We have to do the same figuratively in every other way. Otherwise, the most important things in the rest of our lives don't happen. Welcome to Spark Joy, the podcast dedicated to celebrating the Kamari method and the transformative power of surrounding yourself with joy and letting go of all the rest. With your hosts and certified Kamari consultants, Kristen Ivey and Karen Sochi. And now, here's the show. Happy New Year. We're back from our mindful break. We are refreshed and ready to bring you the next season of Spark Joy. Let's jump right in. Our first guest is Laura Kessler. Laura is a communications expert and master coach who helps her clients find their voice literally and figuratively in life so that they can manifest their greatest potential. She's also a certified executive life coach, which makes her a triple threat master coach for life skills, career, image, and personal creative expression. I was introduced to Laura through Beth, who was my client who we featured on episode 56 of Spark Joy. And I thought she would be a perfect guest to really start the year off right, because she's going to talk to us today about the art of manifesting our goals and dreams. Welcome to Spark Joy, Laura. Hi, thank you for having me. Welcome to Spark Joy. Laura, we'd like to start off with finding out a little bit more about your journey. You have coached musicians, actors, artists, comedians, broadcasters, and of course, executives. And I can only imagine that there is quite a backstory to (laughs) how you came to have such a diverse clientele. Can you tell us a little bit about your journey to coaching, especially how you came to be coaching such a wide variety of performing artists and business people, et cetera? Sure. Well, my background has always been pretty 50-50 public relations and entertainment because I always wanted to do both, basically. And so I worked part of my career in public relations, and then I decided to follow my heart in arts and entertainment when I worked at Second City and also at Sony BMG. I did a lot of one-on-one mentoring, a lot like the intimate one-on-one work that you guys do. And the one thing that really is the connective tissue in everything, uh, I call it the secret sauce, was really life coaching. And I I was life coaching, adding life coaching into the work I did before I even was a life coach certified. But as you know, the outside work doesn't work until you do some internal work. And so that became a little bit more front and center. I mean, I'm passionate about all of it, but I may be a little extra passionate about the mindset aspect of it. And so whether it's an artist that needs a little bit of mindset work in order to conquer stage fright, or if it's a business person, really, it's the same thing. We're all trying to be rock stars in our lives. We're all trying to have more visibility. And in my studio, I have a saying that stage fright is selfish. The world needs you and you've got to get it out there. But people are attracted to the the external, the, the vanity of 
sort of the, the glamorous work, the ego stuff. And sometimes it's the boring, internal, invisible work that you really need to do. So that's the secret sauce. That's the stuff I really love to do because that's what really makes a difference. Wow. I love that you are from the beginning talking about how important mindset is. It's a new year. Time to have a fresh start when it comes to priorities and our work-life balance and self-care practices. And that can include finances, health, or of course, tidying up for those who are looking to start off the year on the right foot. How do you suggest that we begin to manifest our best life, breaking through the noise and the overwhelm and any competing priorities? Yeah, this is where your system works so well with my system. I have to say, it's like we didn't plan it that way, but they're very congruent. <laughs> exactly. Kanmari is changing your life by addressing objects and life coaching is changing mindsets and assessing life goals. They both kind of meet in the middle. So I'd love to hear your perspective too. You do it with objects. I do it with time. Mm -hmm. and with mindset and with visibility specifically, since my expertise is also in communications and PR. The thing I like to do right around this, you know, the end of the year, even as early as September or, you know, as late as January, I do sort of an annual outlook. I call it the visibility calendar. So whether it's just a regular person or somebody who's in the public eye, we literally have a calendar approach I take where we look at the whole year and what are you going to be accomplishing? What do you want to be doing if you're a student or you work at a job? It's sort of where do you want to be a year from now? And we set these measurable goals and we set stages there, but it doesn't just happen without a plan. I'm very much about solving a problem. And so the first question I ask is very simple. And it's very philosophical. The question is, what is the one thing that could change everything? And I mean, if you really Ooh. digest that, if you really have, you have to think about it, what's the one thing? It doesn't have to be rocket science. It could be becoming a morning person if you're not. It could be getting healthier. It could be losing weight. It could be taking responsibility for your finances, having more energy. Some people... There's more of a relationship level. Maybe it's getting out of a relationship. Maybe it's moving to another city. It's one thing that would send waves outward that would then affect everything else. So if I lose weight, well, I'll have energy to get a second job if I need one. I'll have more confidence for this thing. You see, we're looking for the one thing that would change everything with the ripple effect. You know what I mean? That's a big thing. So I, I give people like a week to think about that even. <laughs> you know, you, you, you may want to change the one thing every couple months. But most people, something comes to mind. And sometimes they don't even hesitate when you're asking them. And, you know, the next thing is really getting real about your rhythms. I'm not asking for perfection. I'm asking for honesty. Hey, when are your rhythms? When, when do you have high energy in the year, when do you have low energy in the year? So for example, tax season for an accountant, forget about it. They're not going to be doing anything in April or probably January on to April. Other people, summer is a slow time. Some people, summer is a wonderful time to catch up. I feel like there are different rhythms that are great to start things. To me, usually that's January, May, and September. 
Most people aren't going to manifest brand new things really well from Thanksgiving onward for obvious reasons. And so we really look at the totality of planning your year in realistic, holistic lifestyle time management and figure out, okay, where do we get the work-life balance in? Because really that has to come first. And we get that set in so that you're in balance. And then we look at, okay, where are those other special goals that you really want to do? And when's the best season to get those in? And then when you know, hey, I really only have February to do this thing, you you start to look at your calendar entirely different. You really use your time better. And it's sort of exciting because you don't stress out about the busy times because you knew they were coming. And you also really maximize the best times because you know that is your best opportunity. I really like how you narrowed this concept of prioritization down to what is the one thing that will change everything, Mm -hmm. which is technically a simple question, just like, does it spark joy? But what's simple is not necessarily easy. So like you said, you give your clients a week to really digest this question. And if I had to answer it now, I would say health but I love the idea of maybe sitting with that for a while. I mean, I I can draw off the past, which was last year for 90 days. I didn't put an emphasis on my health and I noticed a change. And so now I know that I it affects all aspects of my life. I anecdotally kind of knew that in theory, but I tried it out for 90 days and it did not work. <laughs> so I know that uh, that's going to be my gut reaction, but I want to sit with that. Is that going to be my one thing for the year or maybe it's something else? So I love that you distilled that idea down to one basic question. And when we talk about establishing the one thing that's going to really shift things for the year, that may translate and shift into goal setting, I imagine, and planning kind of out with the old and with the new way of thinking about our life and our goal and our mindset. So I would love to hear from you some suggestions on how we should do this from a place of integrity and authenticity at the top of the year. Yeah, well, and I want to say what you did there with your 90 days and it failed, to me, that's not a failure because I'm really into trying a lot of things, but I'm also into failing fast as well, Mm -hmm. too. So in my world, you did that perfect. The first thing I tell everybody to do is create a little poster with a big circle and write the word perfection. And then I want you to put a great big X through it, like a Ghostbuster (laughs) sign, because this concept of perfection is really what will get you down. And that's the biggest problem. And you're constantly reiterating this idea that there's a one size fix all perfect way to do it. It doesn't exist. For anyone out there who has said, am I doing Kanmari right? Uh, Or (laughs) did Marie tell me to do this? Am I failing at Kanmari because Marie said I should do it this way, but it feels uncomfortable for me? They should do the perfection cross out as well. Because we hear that a lot as consultants. So I love how that not only applies to our life goals and planning. It also applies to the tidying event itself, too. I think that's great, great tip, Laura. You know, the thing is that all or nothing people will end up doing nothing because there is no perfect. I like to have sort of scalable Goldilocks goals. And so we have a bare minimum, kind of like if it's your credit card, the bare minimum you pay. Then you have sort of an ideal average, a little bit more. And then you have the Cadillac. 
goal. You know, if it's a credit card, it's paying it in full, right? So that would be a financial example. If it's a workout, then the bare minimum might be oh, a couple crunches, a five-minute walk. It has to be so easy, so completely doable that no way are you going to ever do less than, I call it the BAM for short, <laughs> the bare minimum. <laughs> and then your Cadillac goal is a fancy, maybe that's a 60-minute workout that you know, you're going to do occasionally. But if you set a goal on January 1st that you're going to do your Cadillac workout every day of the week or even four days, what's going to happen is you'll do it twice and then the third time you won't and then you'll hate yourself. We want to have stretchable goals that have some flexibility. So I'll use the exercise example. I had a gentleman who he needed to lose about 100 pounds and he did, by the way. But it was really tough for him getting started. So he started with just five minute, 10 minute walks a couple times a week. And then he found that he was able to do more. He was able to do 20 minutes. And then when he got to the point where he could do, his goal changed to about three hours a week. We played with it for a while. So at first he was trying to do 30 minutes six times a week and it just didn't work. He couldn't do that consistently. So then he did 45 minutes four times a week. That was a little better. But what really worked for him was doing an hour three times a week and just being done. So in terms of not looking at a daily goal, but just, okay, what's my weekly goal? Or if that doesn't work, instead of a weekly goal, how about a monthly goal? My monthly goal is to work out 12 times this month. That doesn't sound so bad. And so it's about, well, what, what are my hours? 12 hours a month. Whatever the goal is, it can move around a little bit. Let's have some flexibility so that we can get there instead of setting ourselves up for failure. This reminds me of the saying that you should be careful what you wish for. I have a, a great client. In fact, I work with her today and she tells a story about how she had started kind of an academic professional pursuit that was going to take about a year. And her ultimate goal was to work at this particular organization in a particular capacity. And so she took a postcard that had actually a photograph of the place that she wanted to work and she put it on her refrigerator and every day she'd walk by and say, I work at this place in this capacity. Every single morning she'd wake up and say that. So she was manifesting her future job. Well, what happened was after about a week, while she had just started the program that she was in, she got a call from the place that she wanted to work and they were asking her to come apply for a job. And she said, but not yet, not yet. <laughs> <laughs> so she really wanted this position, which she eventually got. But she said she was trying to manifest it too soon. <laughs> How do you suggest people, you know, take a look at like where their values are, what, where, the, where they are in life and how to kind of, you know, put that into harmony with what they would like to manifest? Great question. Yeah. And to your, your client there, I always say there's really no such thing as a problem your goal is really to have cooler problems, not no problems. And so that's a cooler problem mm -hmm. that she had there. Um, Absolutely. We're definitely going for that. And so if your problems today were your prayers before, you know you're on the right track. In terms of the values, I like to make a list of just single words, what really defined the old year for you? And what do you want to define the coming year? In the, the old one may have been about healing, whereas this year, the new one will be recovery. 
The old one may have been subsistence, survival, giving your power away, feeling broken. The new you can be about security, authenticity, taking back your power, being whole. You know, these are very personal attributes. On the career front for people on a more professional level, you might have the old and the new be something like uh, feeling invisible versus speaking up more, being more visible, taking it to a higher level, getting a promotion, or maybe working in the corporate world, but instead transitioning to work from home for some people, feeling more needy in some ways, and instead being more independent. Or here's one of my favorites. People that are too generous for their own goods, too selfless, maybe becoming good selfish. You know what I mean? Not the bad selfish, but the good selfish at work in their lives and their relationships. I have the mindset that how we do anything is how we do everything. And so whatever issues are happening at work and at home tend to bleed into each other. That's why this sense of work-life balance is so important. And that's so in line with the work you guys do. Because we're looking for harmony from within so that all the outer work will work. People invest very much into external things and they sort of take for granted the internal. And it doesn't quite work that way, does it? (laughs) No, right, right. I think for a lot of our clients and probably a lot of people who start to pass down KonMari is that they have the self-talk and the self-talk says, I'm disorganized, I'm overwhelmed, it's hopeless, and Sometimes that self-talk just really keeps a person stuck. It's it's almost that internal narrative that's just, yeah, well, of course things are like this in my home because I'm disorganized, which is really, you know, a huge hurdle to overcome. If, if you want to see yourself as someone different, how do you suggest people begin taking a look at some of those inner dialogues and those inner stories or those, you know, stories that we tell ourselves about ourselves that really keep us stuck? You really need to be your own best friend, your own biggest fan. And I know some of that stuff is a little cheesy, but it's really important. You have to be your own number one advocate for better, for worse, for anything. And it helps to have a theme. One of the things I do is looking at what is the theme for this period. And so that can go as creative as a person wants to go. People love getting really creative. So we might pick a theme for the year, a quote, a song, even a color. They get their file folders in that color that has a meaning to them. I've seen really creative movie themes, Eva. It's really cute what some people do. It's something to go back to. That It really is individual to the person. But again, you need to know what the goal is. What is the one thing that will change everything for you? And set that theme. If you accomplish it and you want to change that, have a new goal halfway through, great. That's in the category of cool problems we just talked about. It's one thing at a time. I think a lot of people get lost because they do too many things at the same time. And this goes back to the disease of perfectionism. You don't have to do everything. In fact, you know, I'm a big believer that you can do anything, but you can't do everything. And so we have to be really realistic in all of that. And so having those themes, having realistic, but consistent expectations is huge. And it's just like what you do, where everything has a place. I have my own little system, 
where I have specific categories of lifestyle management where we kind of look and we declutter (laughs) figuratively like you do literally your time management, your organization, your physical body, health and wellness, your mindset, just the inner is a whole category. And then the outer relationships uh, externally with family, friends and the people you don't even know yet, but want to know then business work and money, and then creativity, visibility, your outward expression, and then the spirit, legacy, things that are on the immortality bucket list there, and also planning for the uncertainty. Uh, One of the gifts I'm giving your audience is a little personal status check checklist for these things that they can do kind of on their own every week to sort of have some accountability with that. And so it's just sort of how am I doing, making sure that We don't get too concentrated in one issue, like Kristen, like what you said, when you only did one thing, you get a little out of balance. You can maybe focus on one thing for a short amount of time, but over the long period, and we're looking at the year, I actually call it a 16-month calendar because I like to have a little buffer and stretch goals. We're looking at what really keeps us in balance, kind of like the soft tissue to go along with the big bones there. I love the that you distilled these big picture ideas about what we want to do this year down to one major theme. I love that idea. And I used to try that in, in a different format every year to come up with a theme word. It would literally just be one word to describe my whole year. And I imagine that listeners out there, their word might be related to organizing. So this might be the year that they've taken the stance. I'm going to get tidy once and for all this year. And the theme will be peace or order or tidy even. Uh, So I'd love for us to really hone in on those who are prioritizing getting organized in their home or their business or just their life in general this year. Do you have specific tips regarding manifesting that particular goal? Yeah, I am a big fan of those quotas, you know, with checklists and accountabilities. And I like quotas in all areas of life. Can you give an example of quota? I encourage people to actually write a manifesto, kind of like a personal mission statement of of their year. But instead Mm -hmm. of for a calendar or for an organization, it's for you. We also say, okay, so if someone says, for example, it's important to spend more time with their children, we say, how many soccer games are you going to attend? Numbers matter here, must have numbers. That doesn't mean you're going to get arrested if you don't make them, but we need to set them. How many date nights will you have with your husband? Or, you know, I usually say I want people to have at least like every other week is date night is one of my common ones I set with people. Quotas as far as, you know, when will you do something that's just your selfish day to go to a museum or whatever makes you come alive? I want numbers there. I want to make sure we have that bare minimum to Cadillac range so that no matter what, you're getting enough to stay in your balance because the other stuff won't work without it. Just as clutter accumulates on a kitchen counter, it does in your internal emotional life and also your business, your time, your calendar in every way too. So we're trying to prevent overwhelm. At the end of the day, that's what it is, is we're keeping that in check because most of us are doing way too much. And that's just the way life is now. The speed of life, you have emails coming in, text messages, it's ridiculous. You have to be the master gatekeeper of your life. 
you have to know what's important. Otherwise, all of these little gremlins will sabotage your best energy, your best intention, your best everything. And then all that's left are the crumbs for you and what really matters. So you have to be ruthless. Same way you guys are great at getting people to throw out things that aren't really the best. We have to do the same figuratively in every other way. Otherwise, the most important things in the rest of our lives don't happen. So it's just 100% in sync with what you do. I love that you talked about really having metrics, measurable goals, tangible things that we're working towards. I love that because I tend to put way too much on my plate to accomplish and I've gotten better with it over the years. But I also will not lead with compassion when I don't meet those measurable goals or metrics. Do you have any tips for anyone who may need to knock those gremlins away and let them go? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, don't feel guilty. Don't feel guilty. A lot of us, especially uh, women and girls, we suffer from good girl syndrome. And you know, I'm going to include the men too, because I know a lot of men that they're suffering from the good guy syndrome too. It's very easy for many reasons, the way we were raised, society, whatever the reason, it what feels right to us is to always go the extra mile. And that's a wonderful thing. But if you're only doing that for other people and not for yourself, that's a problem. That's not okay. Everybody's heard about the oxygen mask, putting your oxygen mask on first. It's not just in a crisis that you need to do that. It's every day on a regular basis. So some of us need to get more acquainted with the difference between good selfish and bad selfish. And most of us need to do more of the good selfish. Self-care is not selfish. It's not selfish that your cell phone needs to be recharged. It's not selfish your body needs to get sleep. It's not, it's not selfish that your car needs gasoline. And most of us are not setting up good enough boundaries. We need to set up boundaries of time boundaries of space. And and the big thing I probably didn't emphasize enough, I really spend a lot of time figuring out what the configuration is that makes people work at their peak productivity, because that's very different for everybody. No two people are the same. And so when we know this is the way you work, you know, these are your best hours, maybe some people are great in 15 minute or 30 or three hour increments, what do you need? And then we need to work things around it so you have that. So if that means you get a babysitter or if that means you have to leave your apartment and go somewhere where you have peace and quiet, whatever that configuration is, we figure out what it is and we ruthlessly, (laughs) good ruthless, make sure that that's a deal breaker. Nobody messes with that. Because this is in line with your values, it doesn't feel so bad. And that's a very big difference to understand that so that you know why you're saying no. You want to know why you're saying no, but even more importantly, you need to know why you are saying yes. Otherwise, a lot of really generous hearts will drown in the milk of female kindness. And that really doesn't help you contribute your full potential to the world if you're always depleted and running on empty. We also want to declutter those things that are the gremlins that pull you down. Sometimes those are people, things, organizations, maybe whole jobs. But sometimes you'd be surprised what little things they are where you're giving your power away. That's great. Grounding yourself in your values so that you can 
be more productive and really view life through a lens of simplicity rather than trying to constantly fight through the noise. What a great tip. And speaking of tips, we'd love to hear your favorite productivity tip. I know you've given us great ones to think about already, but we want to hear maybe your your favorite. I think gratitude is really important. I really think that building things in to have that reflection and downtime is incredibly important. I like to do something I call 3GT, which is three good things. And this is great for refocusing your energy or just winding down or revving up an intention. And it's just real quick, stop right now. What are three good things you're grateful for? And the more frivolous, the better. I like to be silly. My coffee is great. I got the milk and sugar ratios just perfect. Oh, great. (laughs) Today's pizza night. Oh, the sunset is beautiful. I mean, we're talking about the simple pleasures in life, really just fostering an attitude of gratitude, of positive energy, understanding that no matter what, there are always three good things. So it doesn't have to be the big existential things in your life. Little things can be just fine. You'd be surprised how the little things really become the big things. And I just love that. It really can be very powerfully grounding if you do it on a regular basis. Well, speaking of being grateful and gratitude, we always ask our guests at this very moment in your life, what sparks the most joy? You know, I love helping people step into their power. I just love it. I mean, I love helping people find their voice, especially when they've maybe been in a place that they didn't feel so powerful, literally or figuratively. Seeing that transformation is just a beautiful thing to me. It's so much more than just visibility. That That is superficial, the visibility itself. It's the internal transformation. And I, I'm sure you see this too, with how, you know, the one thing changes everything. Uh, organizing is the one thing. For, from you guys' perspective, it changes so many other things. It's a full transformation okay. that comes with it. Thank you so much. Do you have any final parting words of wisdom for our listeners? I started something called the Be Campaign, and the theme there is be seen, be heard, be powerful, be beautiful. And the idea is to be, to manifest, the art of manifesting. And whatever it is, be. Don't be invisible. Don't hide. Play bigger. Play big and be out there. And so be seen, be heard, be powerful, be beautiful. Just be. Great. Thank you so much. We're so glad to have had you on the show. Thank you. To connect with Laura, you can find her at yourvoiceinbusiness.com and follow her on Facebook and Instagram. Head over to yourvoiceinbusiness.com forward slash sparkjoy. Just for Sparkjoy listeners, Laura is providing free worksheets and the option to invest in a private session with her to help you launch 2019 powerfully so you can manifest your intentions. So now we want to hear from you. Tell us your burning, tidying questions or share stories about how Kamari has impacted your life. You can find us at sparkjoypodcast.com and click Ask Spark Joy to leave a question or comment for a chance to be featured on next week's show. While you're there, sign up to join our Spark Joy podcast community and get notified when each episode airs. 
You can also join the Spark Joy Podcast community on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter at the handle at Spark Joy Podcast. Thanks for tuning in, and we hope your day sparks joy. Thank you for listening to Spark Joy with your hosts, Kristen Ivey of For the Love of Tidy in Chicago and Karen Sochi of The Serene Home in New York City. Spark Joy, the podcast, is not endorsed by or affiliated with Kamari Media Inc. The opinions expressed on this episode represent the views of the co-hosts and guests alone and do not represent the corporate position of Kamari Media Inc. or the Kamari Consultant Community.